we're on episode number three. three. Number three. Yeah, no, it's all about me today. Well, it's actually not about me, it's about Trevor. It's always all about you, Claire. <laughs> and uh, we're going to, in our in our pilot episode, I shared a little bit about my background and Trevor's accident and how I came to where I am now as a result of it. So today we're going to go into depth and talk about the life-changing incident that happened when Trevor had his accident. Do you know, a lot of people over the last few weeks, have that's been something people have been really interested in. A lot really? of people have said, even people that knew sort of that he'd had the accident and that it happened, didn't really know the depth of it until mm. we sort of spoke about it on that first episode. So I think, I hope that you'll be um yeah. I've actually it. had that from people... Um, that I that I work with and people that I've known as well okay. that ha- maybe that I've met them since Trevor's accident. Mm. So although it's something I talk about, it's not. I yeah. try not to go on about it too much because it's. I don't like to be like, oh, poor me, poor me, <laughs> poor Trev. Like it's, it happens yeah. to Trev, but it's poor me really. Like it's really <laughs> fucking affected. Jesus, very that's very true. I've seen you both. <laughs> it really is. So um, so what happened? Trevor was out of work. He used to work as a tree surgeon. And he was working at height, fell about 50 foot. What is 50 foot? 50 foot is... <laughs> What's that, over a house? Yeah, 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 bigger than a house height. Oh, 50 then. foot would be like from... I'm going to do my arm thing again, where I'm like from here to there, you know, through the house. <laughs> yeah, you know, we need to film you. Uh, maybe next it's, episode. Um, Google it and see how many metres it is, because that might be more oh, relatable, actually. Yeah, I'm not good with feet, but... 50 feet in metres. It's uh, 10 of Haley. <laughs> 15 metres. Oh, 15 metres. That's really that high. doesn't sound very big, actually. No, it does, because when you think, I'm like a metre and a bit. Yeah, I'm a metre and a half. Yeah. So, 10 of me. Yeah. <laughs> That's really high. <laughs> That's really high. Wow. Yeah, it was more of the falling from height, and then it's the, the pressure, the, the effect of gravity, like the force that he was in. He didn't just... Like oh, fall off a branch, he was propelled forward because the machine kind of tipped oh, and threw him from the platform he was working in. He was, he, I think, a tree broke his fall, and because I think he was found kind of dangling over the tree. I remember seeing a picture of him being dangling. A picture? Over. Who took a picture? Yeah, well, the guys he was working with at the time, because they had to document what had happened, and right, of course okay, he was so unconscious. Not just the Facebook, really. no. <laughs> <laughs> Take Trevor a selfie tree. next to the fucking dead guy. <laughs> <laughs> It did sound a bit like that for a minute. No, okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Trev's hanging in a tree. I see it. Trev's hanging in a tree. And um, he was unconscious by this point as well. So, and where they were working, it was really remote as well. Um, it wasn't like you could just drive down the road. No. So they had to get the Kent Air Ambulance in. But on the day that the accident happened, the ambulance was in getting serviced. No. <laughs> yeah. So they had oh, to. It was an Argo cat. So it was like a like a little off road buggy that they sent in to go oh, and get him. Okay. So they retrieved him out. There was a big, there was a big um, traffic jam on the A twenty one. God, on, it was about you know where like Burger King is out on Lamberhurst. I'm pointing yeah. again, like oh over that way, <laughs> over there, over there, right over there. <laughs> yep, you can see it as well. So it was that well Blue before Boys. Burger. Yeah, Blue Boys. That's exactly what, that kind of area, kind oh, of Lamberhurst. Okay. Um, right, okay, area. And um, so the first thing I knew about it was when I got that phone call and I was just, me and my friend Gemma, we were going to have got, um, a picnic in the garden, the kids, mm-hmm. and we'd got them all sat, sat on the table, we'd made lunch, we were just carrying it out and my phone was ringing and I thought, oh Christ, what's the phone of me at lunchtime for? Just think, I've got small, where we have small children, <laughs> like I'm not just going to stop what I'm doing. Yeah. But something compelled me to answer it. Mm-hmm. So I picked up the phone. And it was a woman on the end of the phone. Oh, you know, like, when you hear another woman speaking, you're like, uh, what? This is Trev's, what the fuck is about to happen here? Oh, God. And she says, oh, um, this is, uh, I, can't, I think her name is Sarah. I'm from the Kent Air Ambulance. Um, your husband Trevor has been in an accident. He was working beside the power lines. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's been electrocuted. Because that's the fear. Like, when you work yeah. in the job that he used to do, he used to work for um, the electricity company, EDF. And they did tree right. clearances. So the fear is... Little promotion there as that, well, EDF. Do you want to yeah. give us a kickback? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they're all that competitive, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. this is true. Sorry. Carry um, on. They, 
the fear was always that he'd be electrocuted. And that's the yeah. one thing that a lot of their training is based on. Because I did a very brief stint of working for the company as well. I used to do permissioning for them. They used to go around What's ahead that? of what Trevor and his crew used to do. Right. I used to go along to the, the landowners and gain their permission for Trev and his crew to go on. Oh, Not okay. necessarily just Trev and his crew, but the other yeah. crews as well to go on to their land and to do to do the work that needed to be done in the trees. Right. Okay. And a lot of the training is around electrocution, obviously, because that's that your main concern. Yeah. It's not about being thrown off a, a working platform. Mm. So when when I got that call and the woman said that he's been in an accident, he was working beside the power lines, I was like, oh my God, is he dead? And she says, no, 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 he's, he's fine. He's fine. He's Could okay. That. I know. I know. It was, I think in hindsight, like my memory of the phone call, it was very blurred. And um, <laughs> she says, he's, he's, he's fine. He's, he's had a fall and he's had a bang mm. on the head. But you need to get to the hospital as soon as you can, Claire, okay? As soon as you can. And I was like, okay, which hospital? And it was like London's King's College Hospital. That's a mission. We live in Kent. Luckily, the girl who was here, Gemma, her husband worked in London. So they knew a little bit about um, getting into how easy it was going to be to get. Mm Because I was thinking, God, am I going to have to drive? What am I going to do with the kids? Uh, I'm going to get a taxi because I can't drive. So, you know, I'm in a bit of a panic state now. Yeah. So I ended up taking the train in, yeah, and um, but it just it felt I felt so ho- helpless, like yeah. sitting on a train, not doing anything, like just making phone calls to people, sitting there crying oh. to myself. Oh, oh my god, he's gonna die! Oh, and that's it, do you know what? That's awful. At the time, it didn't really. Do you know what? This whole the whole story. Whenever I retell it, it's really surreal because people. It really sounds yeah. tragic, and it is tragic. And it's a really moving story, but at the time, when you mm. when you break it down to the moments that everything mm. happened in, nothing felt massive. Nothing felt mm. like it didn't feel like the end of the world. I was going to the hospital. I was going to mm. find Trevor. If he died, he died later once I was there. But he wasn't going to be dead when I got there. <laughs> in my head, he okay. was going to be okay when I find him. Right. Okay. But there was yeah. never any mention of it being life threatening. It was just he's he's unconscious. He's right. on his way to hospital. You need to get there as soon as you can. Okay. Um, so I pretty much dropped my kids like a hot sack of tatties, like just yeah. dumped them. So who had in Gemma? So right. so she stayed here with the kids. I ran round to Camilla's house, who's a couple of doors along, and I was like, Camilla, 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 Camilla I need you to look after the kids. Trev's in hospital. There's been an accident. She's like, Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Okay, <laughs> uh, let me just scoop them up. So she like right. scooped them up oh, and looked after her. them. And I went off down to, I can't even remember how I got to the train station. I think Gemma drove me, actually, and I left the kids at Camilla. I took the train in, and on that day that it happened, I mentioned that Hayley, his niece, was coming down yes. on her summer holiday with her little boy, Ollie. So, and I was all panicked because I didn't want her coming down on her holiday and being a bit shit, you know. Mm. Sorry, but your uncle's in hospitals, yeah. and I'm not here. So. Oh, God, oh, bless her. But it was great because it meant that she then got to take control of the children. Yes. She She stepped up to a big cousin role and um and looked after the kids. Oh, but what then well. Yeah, she is. She's lovely. But then what happened after all that I wasn't I wasn't prepared for what was gonna happen after that because obviously you don't you don't grow mm. up normally with people with brain injuries in your life or have any yeah. idea of what it's like to live with something that's invisible. Unless of course it happens to you. Yeah. And um so when I went, when I got to the hospital, it was really weird because I went in a side door. It was just, I seen a door. I was like, I'm going in there. It was honestly like a fire door or something that was open. It wasn't a main entrance. Oh and as I walked in, I, I stopped the first person of staff that I'd seen. And um, it was so bizarrely, it was the, the nurse in charge of looking after Trevor. And really? King's College, yeah. The only person King's I stopped. King's College is massive yeah, I know. as well. That's not a hospital. But the only person I stopped and spoke to was wow. the person in charge of Trevor. She says, oh, oh, he's a Scottish guy. Yeah, I'm looking after him. Come with me. I'll show you where he is. I was like, that okay. Is so random. Oh, so, angels on your shoulders. Yeah, I know, definitely. And I truly believe that. Um, so I found Trevor was completely unconscious. and Or he was, he was a bit kind of, he'd been yeah. given ketamine. Oh, nice. To sedate him. <laughs> he loves telling that story now. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> and I do you know what? The rest of it, the next kind of wee while was a bit of a blur. He had to do some tests and had to get some x-rays and things. And mm. But we discovered he couldn't walk. He, could hardly, he couldn't really talk. He wasn't making any sense at all. He was struggling to, to form words. Um, He couldn't coordinate his hands around like he couldn't mm-hmm. eat he can't he couldn't do anything for himself so uh, I, I i literally just stayed up there 
I came back home twice in the three okay. weeks he was in hospital. No, he was in Kings for two weeks, and I oh. came home twice in that time to get clothes. Where were you saying while you was up there? Um, my best friend Bonnie, her sister and her husband lived in London, not that far oh, away right. actually, and she let me stay in her flat. Oh, cool. I wasn't allowed to stay in hospital past. I think it was six o'clock at the beginning. Okay. Um, but after like the second or third day, I started staying till like nine, ten o'clock at night. Oh, okay. I did all Trevor's care, and I didn't really, I didn't think about. I kind of mm. felt like it was not. I did it because I felt it was expected of me, mm. but I felt like a, like I had to, okay. and and it felt it felt right to like it didn't. Nobody came because I was there. Right. I did everything for him. I did his showering. I did his food, I did his dressing, oh. I did his toileting, I did everything for him. Really? Yeah, yeah, I did every single oh, thing for that's him. That's meant to be the perk of hospital, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, do you know what? I just, I think because I was there, I was more than happy to do it for him. Yeah. And Trev, when he's, when he's confused, he can get quite, aggressive's not the right, it is the right word, but not in a, yeah. not in a negative way, but I knew how to manage him. Yeah, it's that frustration. So it just out, felt we? easier for me to deal what? with it. And I was more than happy to deal with it because the kids would be looked after. I didn't have any yeah. any concerns in that respect, and um, I quite enjoyed it actually. I think yeah. there's something about seeing someone that you love just needing you on a different <laughs> level, and yeah. a totally different level to what you're used yeah. to, and having to fulfil all those needs. Yeah. And uh, the ward he was on, he was on a trauma ward, and some of the people that were in there. I mean, what happened to Trev was terrible. But I mean, there was a young guy in the bed next to him who'd been stabbed. Um, on a just on a random night, it was a young Welcome guy. Welcome to London. Yeah, I know. There was Sorry, another... I love London. <laughs> <laughs> there was another guy who had been in a motorcycle accident and he'd lost a leg or something like that. So when you put it into perspective, like what happened to Trev was really quite minor, but the impact it had on us and our life, yeah. it stopped us in our tracks. It yeah. stopped our lives entirely. It stopped Trevor being able to work. It stopped me having the freedom to do what I wanted to do mm-hmm. it's, it stopped our relationship in the sense that I it was it didn't feel yeah. balanced because I was his carer I looked after him mm-hmm. like I wiped his arse for fuck's sake like that yeah. changes it, yeah. No, it yeah. and he, he doesn't remember it thankfully yeah, okay. he doesn't remember He's, he'll ask me sometimes uh, did you are you are you telling me the truth when you're telling <laughs> it I'm like, yes Trevor I'm not going to tell you I wiped <laughs> yeah. your arse just for the fun of it oh, um, but no I looked after him yeah, okay. like, on a really kind of personal level for quite quite a while and then, even when he came home no when he came home, home he was he was a toileting wise he was fine he needed help getting dressed he needed help getting into mm. the shower he needed help like, getting up off the sofa to walk to the door he needed because that was wasn't that one of the things his balance was quite off yeah his balance was majorly affected yeah so for the first they, they didn't let him out of hospital until he could walk after two weeks in london he got transferred to maidstone right okay and that was the worst move ever. I remember getting my friend Laura to put me up from hospital that night and I just cried all the way home because I took him from a ward where there was guys in recovery that were quite similar to him. They were mm. fun. They were kind of the same age to him. He got put in the geriatric ward oh. in Maidstone because it's not like the, to have a trauma ward in a, yeah. a small county hospital. It's not really as large as what you're going to expect no. in London. So I left him full of people who'd had strokes, people who had early oh, onset dementia, yeah. There was a guy in the bed beside him who just shouted, nurse, nurse, every half God. an hour. It drove us up the wall. Oh, it really did. But it meant that I was closer to the kids Hi. and I yeah. could come home. But that was the hardest thing, was leaving him there. Because yeah. he he's, he instantly, as soon as we arrived there, he says, why did we leave London? Why did, we, why did you bring me here? Because I was pushing for it. I pushed, no, and, I pushed and I pushed and I pushed and I pushed and I pushed to get him out. Yeah. Because I thought, well, I just assumed, because I, I didn't know any better. No, no I just you, assumed but you wouldn't. Was, Why would you know? No, exactly. What was going to happen? I just assumed it was going to be the same sort of setup. He'd make mm. some some little mates. and yeah. So mm. we got him home, and then we started the rehabilitation. And in the beginning, like the doctors all said, or the consultants were, you know, says, oh, will we get back to work kind of about Christmas time? And they were all like, yeah, I don't see why not. No, you know, there's no reason, no, okay. no physical reasons to why he couldn't. Right, okay. And that was all very physical. There's no physical reason because he yep. didn't, he had a dislocated pinky, but he yeah. didn't have any broken bones. It's quite amazing actually yeah, how okay. he did, I mean, I say only have a TBI, like traumatic brain injuries, what he yeah. he had. But it's, I think it would, it would have been a lot easier for him to have a couple of broken legs yeah. and maybe like, 
lost a couple well, of fingers or something. Yeah. But now physical he's, pain is a lot more. Yeah. Easy to understand. Isn't it's it? the emotional, emotional suffering that he's yeah. that, that he's had to endure, and also for me as well. Yeah, and for the kids, like it's it's quite an impact. How old were the kids when it, this happened? Freya was one and a half, and wow. Aiden was three and a half. So they were really little. I've got a really cool picture of them in the hospital, and um, because that was a nice thing, they could come and see Trevor when they were in, right, in, okay, in Mayfield, time, and so. I took them up quite a lot to see him. Um, there's a picture of them holding a handlebar each of the wheelchair and pushing yes, Trevor. It's, so it's really sweet. It's a quite a powerful image as well. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little reminder of well, he was. for them. I think having Trevor home for all those years after was yeah, it was shit. Yeah, we didn't earn any money. Yeah, life was put on pause. But mm-hmm. in respect to the children, they had their parents at home. They had Trevor. Yeah. Like how many kids That's can say that they've got their parents. dad and their mum yeah. at home? Yeah. So, yeah, it stopped us in our tracks for quite a long time, but it's mm. it's kind of benefited in some ways. It's weird because um, Trev was the first person I met when we moved in. Like yeah. The day we were literally unpacking and we turned up to Kent in about four vans of black people, basically, <laughs> got out of the van and he was tinkering with a quad bike, I think yeah, it was. Yeah, and straight away he was like, do you need a hand? Mm-hmm. Like, just talking. He was lovely. And yeah. I remember um, that someone had made an instant... Uh, What's the word? A comment <laughs> as we were sort of moving in. A different neighbour had made a comment, um, talk saying, "Oh, there's just a load of black people with a very big dog." That <laughs> sounded really scared. And Trev was like, "Just ignore her," and just sort of he was just lovely. Mm. And then I can't remember like not seeing him, yeah, or not seeing you because I didn't meet you mm-hmm. until a while after. And I, even then, I don't remember you saying it or when I found out, which is really weird. I just remember then. Yeah, we were all friends. It's funny because a lot of it is a blur, and a lot mm. of our memories are blurred. And to think it was five years of him being at home five, was it five that long? years before he went back to work? Yeah, he wow. got he did some like um, voluntary work at the golf course that he started playing yes. at, and that kind of got him out of the house. Within the first, he does love his golf. <laughs> In the first six months, he started to, once he kind of built up a little bit of confidence to be able to walk and be able to drive, because he wasn't allowed to drive for some time because of um, his, because of the brain injury, he had to wear this collar. It's called so a how, Miami J collar. How did they find out then that he had the brain injury? Like, um, was that before he left hospital? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They knew right, all this okay. in this, um, because of the scans. He had a bleed on the brain, on the front, the front right cortex of his brain. Yeah, okay. He had uh, a bleed and it put pressure, and he also had a, oh, he, had a, he fractured his, I think he fractured his skull or his neck at the back, mm. so he had to wear this collar um, oh, so okay. that he wouldn't paralyse himself, basically, because because of where the fracture was, it was so clay, close to his... I don't um, think I've ever known that. That's yeah, really but it was scary. so close to his spinal cord that they put this collar on him, but because of the medication they were putting him on, it was sending him a wee bit cuckoo, and okay. um, <laughs> yeah, the ketamine. <laughs> And um, he would take it off in his in his sleep, yeah. and he was really worried because the consultants had said to him that you you really need to keep this on because if you don't, you do risk paralysing yourself because that fracture could could become um, increasingly worse, which could then impact your your spinal cord. Mm-hmm. And Trev had a fall in hospital on the first, or well, once he started, maybe a, maybe a second or third night, he'd. He tried to get up out of bed because you can't really tell Trevor, like mm. those that know Trevor, mm-hmm. you can't tell Trevor what to do, what no, he can't do. You can't try and restrict <laughs> him or restrain him. No. You're just raving a red bag, red, 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 red <laughs> rag at a bull. Yeah. So he then tried mm. to get up and go to the toilet. And oh, I oh. came into hospital the next morning because I used to arrive at like half seven, eight o'clock in the morning mm. and um, and leave at like nine, ten o'clock at night. Yeah. And... Um, they say, so oh, Trevor had a fall last night. I said, what do you mean he had a fall? Like, he can't walk. <laughs> oh, well, he tried to get out of bed. And oh, I was like, well, God. surely there was somebody keeping an eye. Oh, well, he didn't have any one-to-one. So after that, he then had to have a one-to-one chaperone every single night. I mean, that poor person had to sit by his oh, bed. Oh, God. Because he, after a while, he wanted to, he was, he got his taste for smoking again. So right. that passed a lot of the time. And in his little wheelchair, he could propel himself forward, but he wasn't allowed to go out by himself, so he had to have a chaperone every time. But just why, I didn't want anybody to have to have that sort of yes, impact. And I didn't want him to be restricted and say, well, no, you can't have a fight yeah. tonight. You have to wait yeah. another couple of hours until someone's free. So 
Yeah. I had the time, so why wouldn't I give it to him? Yeah. Um. Little did I know I was going to be doing it for years. And yeah. Not taking him out for fags, but giving him <laughs> my fucking time. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and it did. It took up a lot of your time. It did, yeah, yeah. It really did. And it was really, like, the emotional impact was really stressful. It was mm-hmm. really hard because what, with a brain injury, you can't see it. No. It's a total invisible disability. And I remember telling somebody, um, a really close friend actually, who will probably be listening to this. So um, I told her that um, Trev had a blue disabled badge. Hmm. And she's like, what the fuck has he got one of them for? He's not disabled. Hmm. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Do you know what? That's such a common misconception. And obviously I work in mental health. Yeah. And just so you see those things a lot. And it's something that we talk to young people a lot about because if a kid had come in with a broken leg, like you said, everyone would be like, oh my God, your leg's broken. But then if a kid says I've got depression or yeah. I've got an anxiety, it's like, well, that's Can't nothing. see it, so it's but, not real. No. Mm-hmm. And it's, you wonder how still now, mm-hmm. and I know that was what, seven years ago that that comment was probably made, if that, but it's still, you think, how can you say something like that? Mm-hmm. But just dumbass people, I know. really. I know. And yes, Trevor didn't need to be in a wheelchair for that lot. When he first came home, he was in, he had a wheelchair for about a month to get him out yeah, and about right. and to take him to the shops and things. But he didn't like being in it because he felt like a victim. Mm. But he couldn't walk. He couldn't deal with the camber of a pavement. He couldn't, right. He could hardly walk in a straight line. Mm. He used to get people looking at him as if to say, it's fucking terrible. Good morning, mate. What are you doing? Piss walking <laughs> to the shop with your kids. God. <laughs> oh, God. But even now, he still struggles. You can hear Trevor coming before you see him. He has a certain gait. You can hear... He's, he's kind of like his, his mm-hmm. foot not drag like lip drag lip drag <laughs> I'm thinking it was that the, the hunchback and not the dog that's Trev coming in the room hi <laughs> dragging his bad leg behind him Sorry, no Trev. I really don't mean to paint Trev to no. be like this um, he's a very handsome man if you haven't seen Trev he's a very good looking man very and he's a really man. nice man he's a very hairy yeah. man at the moment he's yeah. a bit, I keep telling him you're a bit too bearded Trev. he likes a beard though doesn't he mm. every uh, every few years I've noticed with Trev suddenly the beard mm. The more I resist it, the bigger it gets. It's really annoying. Really? But I just can't embrace it because I'm just... (laughs) God, see, I'm just inappropriate. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Where my brain off it goes. (laughs) Sorry, Mum. Sorry, Claire's Mum. Okay, and just come on. Oh, Jesus. Sorry. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But the invisible injury is the hardest thing Mm. because... I I forget about it. I forget that Trevor yeah. struggles with a lot of things. He struggles yeah. with a lot of language. He struggles with a lot of emotional issues. He struggles with... And I didn't know this was a thing until after about maybe the... Uh, uh, this is at least three years after his yeah. accident. We didn't have any help or support from anybody. We didn't know what was available to us. Yeah, okay. Um, so we didn't have any kind of professional help to, to support us in dealing with the aftermath mm. of living with a brain injury okay. so we were just winging it and trying to I mean we fought more than we got on I cried more than I smiled because mm. it was just really really stressful yeah so we went we started we I can't remember how we even got in touch with this um, psychologist but she made herself available to us somehow I can't mm. remember how and she was like just this angel given to us because mm. she helped me more than I think she helped well, she helped Trevor as well but <clears throat> I think helping me mm in turn help Trevor because I wasn't causing mm. I wasn't a source of resistance for Trevor I wasn't be like well no. why can't you do this why don't you understand what's like it's a simple stuff why don't you mm. get it and um, she explained to me that sometimes with a TBI people don't see the grey areas in life they see no. black and they see white they cannot comprehend mm. the grey and that is Trevor He there no. is no problem solving element to um mm. And if you give him time, then yes. And if there's no restri- if there's no resistance, yeah. then that's fine. But if it's like a conversation and I say, um, oh, I'm going to pop to the shop and go and get some bread. Or actually, could you go to the shop and get some bread? And then he, he goes off to the shop and gets some bread. And I phone him up and say, oh, actually, Trev, we don't need bread. I, I've got it wrong. Can we get some milk and um, some cereal instead? Oh, but you said we needed bread. Like, right, and then it can be an argument. And it, that oh argument my. can then manifest into something absolutely, f- just snowball into something mm. absolutely huge from s- such tiny things. Oh so it takes a lot 
from my and this isn't Trevor's fault like it's not no and I suppose that's that's the thing I was just thinking is that it's that support makes sense for you to have got that oh yeah because he can't help that Mm -hmm. whereas you have still got all working parts of your brain and so can rationalize out how you then behave towards him Mm -hmm. and I do remember that's something that you have said a lot when you've talked about it is Mm -hmm. how you've adapted which has really helped him Mm -hmm. So it has made life loads more manageable. Yeah, I stopped resisting. I stopped mm. challenging him on things that didn't need to be challenged. Like mm. I'm not an argumentative person, but when I look back on some of the things mm. that, I, or how how I reacted to some of the things, it was mm. quite clear that I was causing the argument no. because I was trying to get more out of Trev than he was able to no. give me, and that's frustrating. Like when you mm. when your relationship changes from being how you met and how you knew each other mm. and how you built a relationship yeah. and then all of a sudden it kind of gets knocked down and you then have to rebuild it but I'm not broken in a way there's part mm. of me that's broken because Trevor's different yeah. so we have to adapt to that and to try and learn to build a relationship but incorporate this massive fucking tumour that is mm. a TBI into it as well because it's yeah. really it doesn't ever go away it's it's always there and they did like what well, the the only advice to, that we really have been given is that with a brain injury, it doesn't. You have to learn to live with it. It's not mm-hmm. something. Once you get to a certain stage, then your recovery then has. You're, you've met your recovery. You then have to learn to live with your new normal. And so, will it get worse? Does there is that a mm, thing, or is it just risk, this is what it is? There's a now. risk of epilepsy. Later stages with a mm. TBI, there is risk because it's trauma to the brain. Yeah, and that trauma can then unbalance the brain and of course it's unpredictable Mm. so there's nothing to say that he couldn't develop it and it is something that I know plays on his mind because recently Mm. he's um every winter for the last couple of years it's actually really since he's been working and he's been driving at night so I I can't say how long it's really been but Mm. he around about this time he gets issues with driving in the dark he gets tunnel vision and and double vision not tunnel vision, sorry, double vision. Double vision, yeah. And um, all these things like play in the back of his mind and think that it's it's more, there's more than it than what meets the eye to it. Right, okay. So he went to the eye, the eye specialist, opticians. <laughs> <laughs> to the eye specialist. Right, <laughs> right. He went there, he, he made, he was, um, he was going on about it. And I says, well, have you made the appointment? Like, just mm. take the time, book the appointment. Yep. A lot, I think I've maybe over-coddled Trevor and done too much for him, mm. and he's gotten used to me doing things for him. Which, that are but I bet that's <clears throat> so easy to do, though, because you see that. I suppose it's like when you've got kids, sorry, Trevor, not calling your kid, but when you see them not being able to do something, mm. and you just go, I'm just going to do it because yeah. it's quicker and it gets done. But then that doesn't necessarily teach them how to do it, it yeah. just teaches them to watch you do it, which yeah. is my household, by the way, kids. <laughs> Yeah, there's in my personality. I'm a very, I'm a, I am a motherer. Mm. I like to, I like to look after. I like yep. to, I like to do things. Mm. And Trevor is an enabler. He allows me right, to do okay. that, and he's yep. very happy for me to do that. And I wear the shoes, and that's mm. so. When Trev has an issue, he will come to me with it, and if I don't resolve it for him, then it causes him a source right, okay. of resistance and anxiety, and it can. We then had a look looking back on a couple of weeks ago we had a massive argument mm. which lasted probably about a week mm. it was ongoing and it just it's so tiring yeah and some you don't know what it is until now and now now i'm saying i lied i'm thinking well that's probably why it is because i yeah. i let him do it himself rather than just saying i will take this problem and fix it for you i'm gonna yes. leave it and that for it and i didn't realize that that was what yeah. i was doing and even yeah. now like how many years is it since this accident? Seven years. Seven, well, yeah, we've lived in the village for seven years. Yeah, so seven years down the line. Oh, yeah, seven years down the line. And I still have to, on a daily basis, mm. adapt my language, yep. my body language, my behaviour, mm. so that I don't cause confusion for Trev. And it's not something that I begrudge. I don't begrudge no. at all because it's a personal challenge for me. And mm. this is what kind of kick-started my my self-discovery on this mm. spiritual journey that I've gone on because yeah. I wanted to understand more about how I could be better for mm. not just for Trevor but for me and for the mm. children for it to be a, <laughs> a harmonious household and it's not yeah. a harmonious household by any means but but the majority of the time household. it is 
Yeah, the majority of the time you do, it's cool and it's, yeah. it works. You've made it work. And like mm-hmm. you said, you've done a lot of work with Trev, with yourself, looking into yourself. Yeah, and Yeah, and it has made that, it, you've had the payoff and yeah. it's not, every day's never going to be perfect. No, I don't know anyone's life that is perfect. And that's the thing. No. It's, you know, there's, perfection is not what you're striving for no. at all. It's balance. And I remember when we went back up to Scotland the first time after his accident and I went into his mum's house, Phyllis, mm. and uh, she gave me a big cuddle and she says, oh, Claire, thank you so much <laughs> for not leaving him. And I was like, what? <laughs> leaving him? Mm. Like, I would have never. I couldn't imagine. But apparently, like, somebody else said it to me recently as well. Okay. Like um, you know, well done for not just walking Do away. You know I can see I guess that. I was young. I was a young woman. I had two young children. Did I really want my yeah. life to be held back by having yep. to live with? If I knew then what I knew now, would I stay? I don't know. <laughs> no, running out the door. <laughs> no, <any> <laughs> but what no. Derek, uh, Phyllis's husband, said: "Oh, Phyllis, it's not now that she'll walk away. It's five years down the line, Phyllis." Oh really? And I was like, Christ Almighty, that's a bit. <laughs> He's so true. He's it was, so yeah. he was so right in what he said because it was the impact and the daily difficulties yep. that you just sometimes it just felt too much. Yeah. Not to the point where I would walk away, but it I can yeah. see what he meant that yes. it wasn't. I wasn't just going to ditch him because he yeah. he'd had an accident. No. He was going to make my life harder. No, I think not that him, but his sense. accident. Yeah, but the impact of what it caused us to live through which and I can see that looking back at you Mm. that there was a period say in the middle where you could just see the strain that it was taking that and it was always I suppose from an outsider looking in whenever I've seen Trev or spend time with Trev he's absolutely brilliant yeah he is the best drunk ever for us (laughs) (laughs) not for you but for everyone who's looking around we love drunk Trev. He is great. And he's such yeah. a sociable, happy, he, lovely Trev guy. would do absolutely yeah. anything for everyone. Mm-hmm. So it was, I know only because I'm so close to you that I'd hear mm-hmm. the other side. Because you don't see that. And I suppose for some people out there, we'll be going, especially like you said, when it is that invisible thing. Mm-hmm. Go, yeah, but they're fine when they're with me. Yeah. Or, no, but he's doing this. Or he's out playing golf. Mm-hmm. How has he got a problem? You're, like, you're missing all those little yeah, bits that actually and it's tiny stuff away. but when you're living with it it's it impacts mm. and it builds up and if you don't if you can't consciously recognize it and mm. see what it is what and it probably may, may not have happened had it not been for having that psychologist to give me that different yep. perspective yep then it would have, it might have been a totally different outcome for us but you do some days I'm just like, oh, do you know what? I'm too tired to have to put in the effort here. So the argument's coming. I know. No, I'm not going to do it, Trev. Oh, I'm ducking cover. What? Yeah. <laughs> he goes yeah. around tearing the house up like a Tasmanian oh, devil. God. Because he just, you know, he's can't regulate. I suppose. No, no, no. There's, there's a, there's an invisible friend that came, or an invisible presence that came back with Trevor mm-hmm. after his accident, and it was confusion and rage. Like he just, the two come hand in hand and it causes him an awful lot of stress and anxiety. And I sometimes, when he's getting, and it might not be anything to do with me, I might not have caused it at all. Mm. Um, It could have just been something trivial that somebody said at work that might have tripped him off. But if I haven't, if he comes to me at the wrong time with it and if I haven't stopped myself before I've opened my mouth and reacted, then what... My reaction is everything yeah. to the fallout and how it how it happens. How are the kids that. with that, or how is he with the kids in that respect? He's um the kids are they understand that daddy has a broken head. That's what <laughs> talk about. And okay. whenever Trev is stressed out about something, like the, the other night, Aiden's got this thing about wearing shorts all the time just now, and Trev's like mm-hmm. very much keep warm. Like I'm like get out there in your knickers <laughs> if you want to play, just have yeah, fun and get a, dirty. You're a farm girl for sure. Yeah, and Trev's very much like okay, oh, wrapped up nice and warm, hats mm, yeah. and gloves and scarves, get the whole lot out. Mm. And so Aiden really wanted to wear a pair of shorts, mm. and I says, look, I think Trev had reacted. He'd he kind of given him a bit of a hard time for wearing the shorts, and I I said to Aiden, look, you need to, you know, this is just one of the times where we need to understand that sometimes Dad mm. just doesn't always see. Yeah. That and I do talk to the kids about the grey stuff as well because yeah. there things aren't black and white in life. There's always yes. an argument to be had, or not an argument in terms of a a, a, a discussion or a heated yeah. exchange. But there's there's always two sides yes. to everything, and that's yeah. what I'm trying to get the kids to understand. 
Because you can see it in their faces sometimes if, if Chuck is annoyed at something with me, like, mm. or if, if we have an argument. Like, we're not that precious that we keep it from the kids because in yeah. real life, like, the yeah. kids see us kissing and they see us cuddling, they see us being very yeah. loving to each other, but they also see us at our worst as well. And I don't, yeah. it's not ideal. Like, I don't love it when they see that, but it's real life. Yes, no, I agree and with that. And we also, we, if we've, if I'm aware that they've seen us in a particularly heated exchange, then I'll always make sure that we have a, a conversation over the dinner table mm. or something just say look mummy and daddy we really do love each yeah. other but sometimes we just don't agree with the things that each other is saying mm. so that they can understand that it's not something to be fearful of um but in 20 years time come back and ask me that question and, and <laughs> it will be do you know what it's, it is i'm so i suppose intrigued mm. in where it goes and i suppose with there is probably loads of research and stuff but having someone in your life that you know like I wish I could have seen Triff beforehand yeah because I don't I only have and not that that is a bad thing for me because I love Triff but I wish I had something to compare to just Mm -hmm. for my own curiosity and even people that did know him beforehand I don't Mm -hmm. know if they see it as much as I when you live it's it's very much a lived with situation yes Um, of course like Trevor when he's tired when he's walking like he does struggle with distance and things mm. but he walks like he got he's a golfer yeah he spends his life golfing when he's not at work mm. um so that that was something he picked up really quickly once yeah. he was able to get that freedom of being able to drive again he he joined the gym first of all and i think that took him over the winter months and then once yeah. he got into the springtime he then started golfing right. and then i never really seen him and that was a blessing <laughs> and i've had people like good friends say to me why how can you allow him to go golfing so much and i'm like it's not quite the relationship we have yeah but for me if trevor doesn't get to go golfing Mm. it makes our life difficult because it's his exercise it's his drug it's his therapy it's everything yeah and it's his social point as well and it's just and And when you think of how much if say this hadn't have happened when he was living his Mm pre-life that would have been very normal yeah that he was out more, he'd be out work all day and then maybe go for drinks. And yeah. that's normal life that you don't spend 24 hours a day in mm-hmm. someone's pocket. But oh, I know over lockdown, that it was all right. But there were points where me and Sam being home together all day, every day, mm-hmm. it starts to get a bit like, oh, okay. Yeah. And that's without a brain injury. I know. Well, at the beginning of lockdown, when I found out that mm. initially I was like, oh, at least I can go golfing. Honestly, I nearly cried when I found out he couldn't go golf and I was so stressed. Didn't thought, he set up a thing in the garden, though? Yeah, he did. He was patting in the garden. <laughs> oh, I love Trim. But I was so worried about yeah. how he was going to react to that because that yeah. when things are out with his control, it's it's a really difficult time. Mm. Um, like, I make it sound like Trim's a bit of a boiling pot. He's not. He's not at all. Sometimes. <laughs> It's difficult. It comes with a lot of challenges, an awful lot of challenges. Which is why I suppose it is that you've done so well, that just patting you in the back again. Oh, but that setting up, like, so this, like you said, Mindset Mum was the second business, mm-hmm. and you learned so much from the first that you've put into the second business, and this has helped mm-hmm. you, helped your family, helped others. Yeah. That and it all stems from Trev. So Trev is all you. I know it's all him, really. <laughs> yeah. All about Trev. Well, the one thing that I did learn, and this was from some spiritual coaches that I worked with last year, um, was to stop giving resistance. I had to give love instead, and I found that very hard you said to do. That to me, and I've talked to you about this as well. <laughs> you did say that. Given, I was like, like no. returning to love and coming from a place of love, yeah. and when they, when my coaches helped me and this wasn't necessarily just in my in fact no it was actually it was all to do because I was having a very 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 challenging time with Trevor at the time hmm. and um, they were saying that I need to heal I need to hmm. heal it I need to stop trying and it wasn't like I was trying to be right because this is something that I've learned from Trev that he feels that he's never right he feels that he's right. always always wrong all the time hmm. and maybe I'm just a bit better at getting my point mm-hmm. across and Trevor does struggle to yeah. alliterate what it is that he wants yeah. to say. But rather than meeting him with resistance, like if he's coming and had a bad day, rather than me saying, look, I'm busy doing dinner just now, yeah. come to me after with this. He doesn't need that. He doesn't mm-hmm. need stressy Claire. He needs Claire yeah. to come over and give him a cuddle and just be 
be it. Look, the kids can have their dinner in 10 minutes. Tell me what have happened to your day. Mm-hmm. Be kinder, be more loving. Yeah. And returning to love is something that I learned and that I bear in mind as often as I can because it's <laughs> so powerful. Yeah. It really is. And I think in any relationship or any like anything like that, that it does, you have to... Like you said, it's not about necessarily being right, but it is about you feel like you want to get your point across. And if you're the one yeah. that's backing down, that you're not getting your point across. Yeah. And actually, you, feel like you have to think, off. do I need, does my point need to be yeah. going across I right know. now? It's, there's certain things, I think, like there's a meme about um, racism, like we can have different opinions on some things, but not on racism, because that's just stupid. You can't have a different opinion. But even when I'm talking to people that may say really stupid things, that is something that's in my head now of going, right, just chill. Yeah. Just think about this logically, like yeah. just calm, don't jump on it. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I have learned from you to go, right, take a step back. Yeah. Take a step back. It's so powerful because it yeah. just gives you that check up from the neck up, doesn't yeah. it? It just yeah. stops you in your tracks and like, do yeah. I really need to react in this way? And don't get me wrong, when Trev and I have blazing arguments, like we do, we are sh- <laughs> we are shouty. We are a shouty family. I'm dreading it when that lot move oh. in next door. I'm pointing <laughs> again. <laughs> I've never heard you. Consider I used to be the other lot. But no, I've never heard you. Mm. Like, yeah. That so yeah, but it is. It's it's so interesting because it's it's something that like you said, unless you've lived through it, mm-hmm. you're probably not going to really understand the ins and outs. Yeah. But I think like we talk a lot about my mum because my mum has got Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. and that some of the stuff that we go through with her, I can relate sort of with Trev. And yeah. I was saying to someone the other day that Sam had his fortieth. And Trev was brilliant with my mum. You were telling me. No, yeah. Where were they the other night? I was tired then. <laughs> so Bloody knackered from four o'clock in the morning rambling oh. on. But he was, he was brilliant with my mum. And I think because he maybe could spot, and not a lot of people could, especially at that point, that because she's always been a bit of a nutter, but, but I think he could maybe spot that unease and that mm-hmm. like, balance and that just sort of step back. And he... Which is amazing that he sort of stepped up then. He took her for facts. He bought her drinks. Mm-hmm. He danced with her. And it was like, I remember looking over and thinking, that's so cute. Mm-hmm. And then when I thought about it more, it is that he's got that empathy yeah. in him from where he's been through it, that he can see mm-hmm. someone that is struggling with a similar kind of thing because it is all the brain yeah. and goes, right, I can help. Yeah. And he did. And he was like, <laughs> he was very, very drunk. <laughs> very drunk. He came back to ours afterwards, which was fun. And wouldn't leave. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. He didn't leave. He wouldn't leave. I, and we thought he was I leaving. Came and had a <laughs> he <laughs> You're like two inches of water, but <laughs> yeah. I woke up frozen. Where am I? In the bath. Did you have pot noodles in there as well? So, but no, he is. He's he has. He's got that empathy, mm. and it's it gives me hope watching you guys yeah. of how you can relate to people and how you can change things yeah. to work. And it's not. I think a lot of people want to just give up, and yeah, like and it doesn't just happen. It's not no, something no. that you just wish that at some point. Oh, well, it's going to be fine in a year's time. It was worse yeah. for us in a year's time. It was worse for us in two years. And it was even worse yeah. after three. Yeah. But when you stop and you think, right, okay, so why is this? What am I mm. doing? What could I do to be better? Yeah. And it's, you know, some people might meet with resistance when they think like that. Well, why should I have to do that? Why is it all about me? I'm not, mm. it's not me that it's happened to. But if you want harmony, if you want balance yeah. in your life, it does have to come from you. And it's yeah. to, to, to give love and to return to love is a really easy process because it doesn't require anything it doesn't require a book it doesn't require a pen it doesn't require anything it just requires you being a bit Mm. softer in how you react (laughs) and just letting go of having to be right because if you think about it if you look back on arguments that may have had can you actually remember like fucking yes I won that one yeah you don't you don't think about because I'm so into like oh if I let him get away with this and he'll never learn Mm-hmm. you know it's not about no. that it's just about at that very moment an mm-hmm. argument is all in the moment it's not about yeah. the nasty things you say to each other in the mm-hmm. past or the nasty things you say about each other right now yeah it's just how you feel and how you project and how you make the other person feel yeah and you can take somebody from a state of absolute mm-hmm. anger and frustration down to chill yeah and especially just, like you said when they can't necessarily do that for themselves mm-hmm you've got that 
ability to be able to do that and to yeah. make such a big difference mm-hmm. that it's that's so powerful mm-hmm. because you could that's changing their whole mood yeah because they can't regulate that necessarily themselves yeah. but so you could be putting them in an even worse state but by just taking that breath and sort of returning yeah. to love you can sort of go no this is all right and like you said it's not going to happen every single time because mm-hmm. we can't but if you could do that the majority of the time, that yeah. is, yeah, that is amazing. That's it. You could, if you did it half the time, then you're reducing the, the, the stress and the resistance half, yeah. you know, by half. And that's yeah. a really powerful place to be. Yeah, know. definitely. Yeah. Um, so I mentioned about Trevor having his double vision and he went to the eye specialist. Yes, the eye specialist. <laughs> well, they've actually diagnosed it, as, or they think he's, he's going to have further tests. He's got diplopia. And they're not sure whether that's a result of the brain injury or not. So double vision. Then. Apparently, you can get if it's if it's bad enough, you can get special glasses. Okay, um, but it might just be a case of at the moment if it's not bad enough mm. to get special glasses for him to be able to drive in, mm. then he'll have to adapt his working hours. Like today, he went in early oh, okay. because he feels bad that he's leaving. He's leaving work in in daylight hours. So I think rather than leaving it okay. uh, quarter to five, he's leaving at four o'clock at the moment. Or as close to right, so he's getting a little bit of daylight in, so he's kind of getting halfway home in the daylight, and then driving. It's only just peeling off as he's getting right, home. Okay. Yeah, but he's now feeling bad about leaving cool. early from work. So he this morning he got up right. early and went off into work. Like they're not, they haven't asked him to, and they won't because it's a medical thing. Yeah. he's got a really good team that he works with. Yeah, but he he feels like he should because mm. he's you know he. But then leaving here in the dark, it's not. You know, it's not ideal leaving no. er, leaving early here in the dark either. But I suppose so. if if he's leaving here, that it's like I said, it's petering off probably mm-hmm. quicker. Mm-hmm. So he's balancing out, I suppose, in that yeah. way. But it's seeing, yeah, that's really interesting. And I wonder if that was part of it or whether that is. You don't know. I guess he's it's, also getting old as well. So he's just been very up. old. I know. Really old, Trev. Nine years older than me. Wow. You're. Yeah, I don't know how much. Thirty-six, so he's forty-five. Okay, he's ticking on. Yeah, and I'm twenty-five, so he's like <laughs> twenty years older than me. <laughs> I'm not twenty-five. Oh, I just looking. Um, <laughs> um, look, before well, we're aware that we've gone way over time on this one, but but it was interesting. I think it's, it's I think it's a really good yeah. thing to, and it sort of sets up a lot of stuff and explains a lot of stuff. So yeah. I definitely think it was worth. Well, some sources of help that we did manage to find once we got in touch with the psychologist and she was working with us, um, she then put us in touch with um, the Bridges Charity um, who deal with TBIs and people who suffered from strokes because quite often okay. a TBI is a result of having had a stroke. Um, Headway is a really well-known charity, but you say it's well-known, mm. you assume that everyone's going to know about yeah. it, but we you didn't. Don't, we didn't don't. know about it at all. Mm. Um Trev did a, a, what's it called? A skydive for the Kent Air Ambulance yes. about a year after his accident. So, you know, he, he regained the ability to walk and things again relatively soon in terms of being able and to do a skydive the, the, fo- yeah, the following year. <laughs> I can yeah. walk now, let me flat. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> but because oh. Trev is an ex-serviceman, he used to be in the army. He yes. did his time in the army. Um, he was privy to some support from the Red, the British Red Cross, and they took him in to do some sort of like mentoring program. I'd have to find out. Okay. I should have actually found out before this, but I've only just remembered about it. Hmm. And they took him in, and they did. Um, they helped him with. They gave him like a buddy, okay. and they helped with just silly little things like doing preparing a CV for work and helping him to find okay. some work. Um, that's good work, work experience and things. Yeah. yeah so it was really good it was a really good facility okay. and I don't know if that was actually just exclusive to ex-servicemen or not but it was invaluable to him because okay. it, it helped him get out of his little bubble of being at yes. home of being stuck and yeah so, and I, I imagine you'd need that because it's like you said you can only look for so much yourself yeah. but when that this happens to people this isn't like Trevor's not the only one mm-hmm. and people there are programs that are set up for that mm-hmm. and that's brilliant because that did help then take him mm-hmm. that step forward. Which, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was really good. Really good. Right, guys, we're thinking about, we've been discussing, we're getting really excited about the pos- 
possibility of doing a Q&A session. Q&A. Yeah, so we're thinking, are we going to yeah. get people to or try and get them to... Because I've got a bit of tech on the laptop, which allows me to play <laughs> some sounds from the computer. So I could, like, if you wanted to send in little voice clips with, Hi, it's uh, Natasha, and I've got a question for Tanya. <laughs> Please do that, because that's so fun. But I think it would be really cool if they did do... Um, send in audio clips but at the same time if you wanted to stay anonymous and just send or not anonymous but if you didn't want us to sort of do it that way then you can just um send us a message that if you message us on either of our facebooks like one of the facebook groups or to us or the instagram or wherever you're listening however you can get in touch with us Mm -hmm. send us a message and anything i've had a lot of people say oh that's made me think about this or now because of something that you've said i'm now thinking about that that's good that's what this is all about it's inspiring new thought so give us more things to be thinking about and also we keep saying if there is anything else that you do want us to talk about Mm. or look at or put our lovely spin on then send it to us and yeah whether it's in a voice note in a message yeah communicate yes that would be lovely and i think are we going to do the q a session in two weeks so i know we said we're going to do fortnightly episodes but we're just bursting to do these weekly so we um, we're just dropping we these weekly from now on guys so yeah. in a fortnight we're going to do the Q&A and yes. um, so next week we're doing a session oh, on, a special we're, guest. we have a very special guest should we tell them what it's about yeah go on um we have got our very good friend Sally coming to join us <laughs> and um we are going to be talking about what it's like to raise mixed race children in today's society and we also thought we might have a chat about mixed friendships mixed mixed race, race friendships. friendships yeah but Take i think having the conversations about the mixed race friendships will be yeah really interesting because most people i'd imagine would have mixed race friendships mm. or have somebody that they know i'd like to think they do unless they mm. keep themselves in little white bubbles and <laughs> fucking hell <laughs> white <laughs> Do you know what though? It's something that I, I do. So who said it to me? Someone said to me the other day that I am the black friend for a lot of people, which didn't make me laugh. And I was like, yeah, no, I probably am. Um, but not in a bad way, but I am the black friend. So black I'm not racist because I've got Tanya. So not really. But um, yeah, so we'll be having more of those conversations anyway. So yeah, join in yeah. and yeah, get your questions in in the meantime. But Thank you for listening. It's been really cool. And keep sending us your love as well. It's great to hear your feedback. We love um, love. We do love the love. We yeah. do love to hear how you are, who's listening and what you think of the podcast. Group. Right. So we will love you and leave you. But before we do, can we just ask you, if you are listening on Spotify or iTunes or Podbean, wherever you're listening, can you hit follow? Hit subscribe. Hit the little subscribe Ooh, button down here. <laughs> YouTube <laughs> Right, on that note, love you. Laters! <laughs>